0: Do 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 do. Da 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 da
1: da da da. Front
0: and center with Sean
1: and Jules. And welcome back to Sin Nation. This is very exciting. This couldn't be more exciting. My name is Julian.
0: I'm Sean, and it is fantastic to be here for
1: Jules, our first. Episode. Our first episode of our seasonal show for Season 3 here at Sin Nation. Did you want to announce the name? It's very Please. highly anticipated. Oh. Or it's been highly anticipated for for Sean and myself. It is called Front and Centre. You are tuned into Front and Centre. Woo! <laughs> Crowd roars. So, this show is all about the young people of Australia. So, we're aiming to highlight the achievements of these young people that deserve to be in the spotlight and we're hoping to be able to inspire our young listeners to strive for greatness um, and put to work whatever great ideas they have stored in their vaults, Kanye West style.
0: Absolutely. We want to highlight young entrepreneurs, young artists, young writers, anyone young doing something that we think is absolutely amazing and all our fantastic listeners should know about.
1: Literally, it can be anything. So, I mean, if... If you're got a special, a really good talent, if you're a young entrepreneur, or you know someone who who you know is in that area or has some great ideas, um, or is doing something amazing, then hit us up uh, at front and center sin, That's s y n on Twitter or our Facebook page front and center. We'd love to hear from you because we're always looking for more people to interview, even if it's just an interview, interview or a in the field like five minute segment or whatever. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Jules, did you want to uh, introduce? the first segment of our brand new show. Oh, that's right. Also, this show is going to focus on reporting on underreported news. So news that you wouldn't have really heard of because it didn't quite make the headlines, but it's still, I find and you find, quite fascinating. I hope you guys will find it very fascinating as well. It's stuff that we think is worth hearing.
0: Yeah, just highlight some unheard of stories, some interesting stories, hopefully, that, you know, they don't get enough coverage. And uh if it all goes so well, well, hopefully get a few laughs out of it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sean and I like to think we're pretty funny people. So, Sean, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners? Absolutely. So, I'm Sean.
0: I'm in my last year, we're both in our last both year in of third study year uni. at uh, University of Melbourne doing an arts degree. And uh, we thought we would, you know, get away from the all the theory and all of that study and get into the Sin Studio and just some make some fun. fun audio content. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking really excited for this uh, next 12 weeks of our show, hoping to get some fantastic people here to interview. Starting with today, we have an absolutely awesome interview lined up with a young creative artist out of Melbourne. We'll give you some more information about that later on.
1: My And I'm Julian. Uh, I too am studying at Melbourne. I study psychology at Italian. Um, and like Sean said, just thought Um, Give Sin a go. It's a good fun, great people down here. Um, Sean and I are both um, pretty into travel as well. And, yeah, I don't know, is there anything else people might be interested to know about us? I don't know. We thought you might like to get to know the people who you'll be listening to for the next 12 weeks. Your new favourite radio um, presenters. Now, Jules. Sean. We're
0: about to get started into our first segment where we talk about some, a bit of unheard of news. And I just want to set a bit of an image for you. Okay. Before we get into the news. Here we go. Got the famous Sean analogies. So, I need a picture walking into a supermarket. Okay, got it. You're going to the back of the supermarket. Mm-hmm. You're buying a beautiful, brand new, fresh carton of milk.
1: I'm not sure where this is going.
0: You take the milk home, under the lid.
1: Crack it open. <laughs> a little bit
0: of a cracking when you're under the lid. Maybe there's
1: a little seal on it. Maybe there's a little seal. That little cracky, the... that little sort of plastic thing, that, that ring underneath.
0: That's what's about to happen right now when we unlid <laughs> our first segment.
1: Jules, you couldn't have thought of a better analogy than opening a <laughs> carton of milk.
0: <laughs> I, I just just came to me. I thought, you know, that'll do. We're about to unlid some brilliant radio. Could Jules, have been opening Pandora's box. What is our first <laughs> news story that we're going to put front and center? We're going to tell people they need to know about this.
1: They need to know about this. Inform everyone, Jules. I didn't know about this until a little Facebook page that I follow, uh, which is I freaking love science. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, posted on it and then I looked it up and apparently a few news sources have reported on it but like I said haven't heard of it on the big news channels which I find really interesting Um, in India last week they planted more than 66 million trees in 12 hours how awesome is that that isn't an outstanding amount of trees. Six you know million trees million. in 12 hours. And that's a world record. They am They smashed their own world record What was of their... 49.3 million trees, which they did last yeah. year. So this is all a part. This is a out in Mad, Madhya Pradesh. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Which is a large state in central India. And this is all part of India pledging to increase their forests cover to 95 million hectares by 2030 as part of their Paris Climate Change Conference Accord.
0: How good is that? I mean, in an uncertain time, you could say, mm. for the environment, that is just outstanding work by India. 66 million trees. I can't even fathom the amount of trees that is. How That's good a lot of trees. Those trees are going to have such a good impact on the air of India.
1: Yeah. and I'm I mean, really excited. India, I mean, because their population is like 1.3 billion people. Um, They're one of the world's biggest producers of carbon emissions. Um, So it's great that they're actually doing something as a part of their climate accord. And it's funny because a lot of people still see India as a third world country, even though it's moving up. And they're doing more for it than America. You know?
0: Absolutely fantastic work. I think we need to get out there and plant some more trees Absolutely,
1: i mean australia already has the days like uh you know um australian tree planting day and stuff like that we did that at our school sean and i went to school to get a fun fact um and yeah so we did that a lot at school um not on this scale obviously, obviously, not obviously. On this scale. You <laughs> planting 66
0: million trees at a <clears throat> little high school 2000, in 2000
1: boys in the <laughs> eastern suburbs just like donvale's already full of trees <laughs> could you imagine um
0: jules what else have you uh brought to
1: the news desk for today
0: what, what what other unheard of news have we got
1: this was my favorite story of this week actually because um i just got like again i stumbled onto it on i freaking love science also the guardian talked about it um harvard reported it. many different sources this is probably like i said this is one of the more fascinating ones have you ever heard sean of takotsubo syndrome I can't say I have can't say I have Nith- neither did I neither did I. I will enlighten you this is known as, this is this translates to octopus pot in japanese right um, which is also known as stress cardiomyopathy the british heart foundation at the university of aberdeen found that this is also known as broken heart syndrome there we go and it may cause lasting damage to your health
0: so what they're saying that basically if you know, you get broken up with or break up with someone, you can mm-hmm. have a broken heart. If you're breaking up with someone, you are going to be negatively affected. Exactly. Health wise.
1: Exactly. How interesting is that? Like so this can like this can happen when even a loved one dies, even during extreme happiness or something. It's just really weird. Um, so what are some of the uh, Some of the symptoms some of the
0: symptoms of broken heart syndrome?
1: <clears throat> well, I'm logging into Web M- MD over here. It's um, if you've ever had chest pain, breathlessness, a sudden collapse, feel like you're having a heart attack, it's possible that you're suffering from broken heart syndrome. Um, this can scar the heart much like a heart attack, which can reduce elasticity and affect the contracting. So this impairs pumping, but after just about a month's rest, your heart will be back to normal and recovering, and you'll be happy days again.
0: You heard it here first, uh, Sin, Nation <laughs> Sin Nation listeners. <laughs> get out there. If you've got these symptoms, it is quite possible you could be suffering from broken heart syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we could save a life.
1: Yeah, about 90% of these people are... Uh, of these patients are women. Um, and about 3 to 17% die within five years of diagnosis. So it's pretty small. It's, yeah, but
0: that's, you know... About 3,000 people
1: each year affected in the UK.
0: This is... Uh, I'm surprised I didn't already know about this. But, you know, hopefully... We've enlightened some people.
1: Yeah, Sean, sure, no doubt you'd be you'd suffered from that before. It says it says three thousand people in the UK. You are a lover of the UK, so that must have happened to you when you left it. Is that correct? When I
0: yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, I was quite heartbroken when I left the UK, but I, mm. I don't think you know it was this long lasting. I wouldn't call it a syndrome.
1: Oh yeah, didn't have any lasting chest pain or <laughs> anything like that.
0: So looking at forward, Jules, we have a fantastic interview coming up. Oh, I can't wait! for This song. interview it's going to be great. We will be talking to a young Melbourne artist who has just gone off with a couple of mates and
1: said, you know what, I'm going to start a zine. A zine. This zine is known as Discord. Um, Her name is Katia Palachota. So she's one of the three co-founders.
0: We are so privileged to have in the studio with us right now a Melbourne artist by the name of Katia Palachota. Welcome, Katia. Hello. It's great to have you here. Katia has started a zine. Before we get into that, why did you choose to give us that song?
2: I chose this song because editing um, our publication is done to uh, like ambient Japanese music and also to honour my co-editors, lovely co-editors Sam and Georgia, who are currently in Japan.
0: Now tell us That's a bit cool. about what you are doing, what's the zine, what's the deal? What is a zine?
2: Oh, great question. Get it all the time. Well, z- zines are traditionally like an underground, homemade publication, usually produced at a low cost, although that's not always the case, um, with photocopiers and usually on a niche topic or subculture. So, yeah, and that sort of started in the 90s, kind of died down a bit, but now I feel like there's more of a, a reemerging um zine scene in Melbourne, if you will. Sorry for the like. Zine scene, I like corny it. <laughs>
1: Would you like to <laughs> tell us a bit purpose. of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us a bit about like yourself um and a background on you, um Sam Georgia, the other co-founders, um and like the the background on what the zine actually is.
2: Yeah, sure. So my background is mostly in freelance artwork and graphic commissioning, stuff like that. Sam is a creative writing student, so he's got a very strong writing background. And Georgia has excellent business and organisation skills, so we've all got different backgrounds that we can bring to the project, which is awesome. Um, helps us go from strength to strength, I believe. Um, and the background on the Zine, you're after that secret story, the secret scoop. Um, Always
1: after the scoop here at Front ex- and Centre. <laughs>
2: exactly, with the underreported news.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, it really just started out of a conversation. We built it from literally nothing. Um, because Sam and Georgia had started like a multimedia publishing platform called Blue Valley. And Sam basically approached me one day at uni because we go to uni together. That's how I know Sam. And he's dating Georgia. So met Georgia that way as well. Um, Yeah. And just said, you mentioned that you'd be interested in doing a project with Blue Valley. What sort of thing would you like to do? And I said, oh, like I've always wanted to do a zine. And we, I feel all kind of had that oh, yeah, we want to do a scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it basically just went from there. We had a conversation about it and sort of we had a conversation about our approaches to artwork and creating um, our value systems, the sort of things that are important to us as creators. And, yeah, the rest is kind of history. We just sort of jumped into it with not a huge idea what we were doing
0: (laughs) now you're coming up to the second edition tell me about the first edition so you're running them on themes how did it go were you pleased with the response
1: tell us about the content that you find in the scene
2: all right um lots of questions here i'll try my best to answer them all um so the content is all based off of our ethos which is um art that makes you uncomfortable basically we've thought a lot about what uncomfortable means Um, because I feel like that's quite obscure and maybe a bit scary for a lot of people before they know what we're all about. We've sort of settled on the idea of productive discomfort because discomfort has to be, you know, it's only really good for you. I mean, it, it can bring about negative feelings, positive feelings as well, but it's only really good for you if it's productive, if it provokes change. You know, and that's the difference between discomfort that's just inflammatory or offensive, obviously. So that's obviously Mm. like always a fine line that we're trying to straddle there.
1: Yeah. So what sort of ideologies sort of inspire this idea of art, like productive art that that discomforts?
2: Um, I feel like we all have pretty nuanced um, perspectives between the three of us editors on what discomforting art is so I'll just speak on behalf of myself obviously can't speak on behalf of Sam and Georgia although this is the result of lots of conversations I feel like my approach to discomforting art is quite similar to my um, approach to like feminism and my studies and social issues and, and all of that in general and I feel like that's what for me art is a medium for discussion for if that makes sense which is basically that you need to make people uncomfortable for them to think about it. And that doesn't mean in a negative way. It can be putting someone out of their comfort zone to think in a really positive way. Gee, I've never thought of that before. And it's basically on the idea that people don't change things that they're comfortable with. You, don't, you know, you just take it for granted or as normal. You have to make people think, you know, there is something alternative or there is something different. And which, in a way, yeah, is discomforting. It always comes back to that thing of discomfort. But you can also be comfortable in your discomfort, if that makes sense. You can accept it or not be afraid of it. So, I guess that's what we're trying to... That's the sort of reaction we're trying to get out of people.
1: Trying yeah. to, like sort of teach people about themselves and about others around them, sort of sort of people understanding, sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and we also have a really um, central focus on it being a lot about the personal. So... And through the editing process, we're really, really um, not strict, but we really try to stick to this when we work with our writers to make sure we don't have writing that goes down the track of making general, like universal comments about society, that we keep it to people really fleshing out their own experiences about their personal backgrounds, if that makes sense, because we want, you know, and we are aware that we, the three of us do come from quite privileged backgrounds. Um, and we don't want the zine to just be our soapbox. We want it to be a platform for as many diverse backgrounds and experiences as possible. And obviously, we can only publish what we receive, but we really try to seek out contributors who come from all different um, sectors of society, so people can look at our zine and think, "I'm represented in there."
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, can you give us an example of, like, what? Well, can you give us an example of art that confronts? Like, what exactly does that mean?
2: that confronts. I think that just back to what I said before about something that puts people out of their comfort zone, um, we talk a lot about the idea of art that's more than beautiful. You know, beautiful art, like, that's fine, you know, as a homeware or something. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry if that sounds (laughs) patronising. But, yeah, you know, artwork that wants to say something or contribute some kind of idea should discomfort people. There's this quote or this picture with the quote that we... Um, recently uh, reposted on our Instagram that says, art should comfort the disturb and disturbed and disturb the the comfortable. And I think that really sums it up nicely.
0: It sounds like you've put some seriously deep thought into creating this scene. So let's, much
2: <laughs> let's just chill it out a bit. What
0: can people do to contribute to Discord? How would they go about it?
2: Um, you can find us on the socials. So our Instagram Discord zine and The same name on Facebook. We've also got an online store and which we also use as our website, which is discordzine.bigcartel.com. We publish all our information about contributing through there. Basically, we'll have about around two to three months, two and a half months before um editing begins. So usually directly after um we've like released an issue, we'll go straight into taking contributions for the next issue. Um, yeah and we'll release the theme we'll often tr- it, it's they're quite broad themes the first issue was how my body makes me human the second one is I know I shouldn't so they're always themes that relate ba- relate back to the ethos and we try to encourage people to interpret those themes as broadly and as liberally as possible really bring themselves to the theme and not feel like they have to be molded by it if that makes sense um but still always speaking to the theme Um, Yeah, so we ask people to contribute based on the theme and just email us at discordbv at gmail.com. Email us their pitches or cold submissions and we take it from there. We go through a really long, rewarding, hopefully, editing process.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, how you must get a lot of submissions. Hmm. How do you edit down art and writing that is so subjective? You get all these views. It must be really hard to edit that work, and then, you know, you've obviously got to fit it into a set amount of pages and you've got to make that hard decision to not publish some things. How do you go about that?
2: Um, Yeah, we have had to um, reject some submissions. That's fortunately only happened a few times. We try to really work with a piece before we say, no, we can't take this because we want to be an inclusive platform, obviously. It's really, at the end of the day, just has to be directed by the theme and by our Um, page limit unfortunately because you're always, once you start to work with a publication, work as a publication, there's always a matter of having, there's always that element of having to say yes and no to things as you go we do have help as well in our first round of editing from two excellent friends of ours who also have a lot of experience and are wonderful writers themselves, Caitlin and Linus, they're really helpful, they helped us in the editing process of this past issue and Caitlin helped us with issue one um, yeah, a lot of conversation, we really scour the pieces really rigorously, no stone left unturned, um, challenge every sentence to really try and make it the best work that it can be and really try to suggest how it's going to work for the theme. And we always try to have it at the front of our minds as much as possible, as much as we can allow for, to give creative control to the writer.
0: Let's be friends. no. Find us on Facebook by searching Front and Centre.
1: I'm not sure if I want to after that one. Or on Twitter. Okay. At S Y N. Hopefully the jokes will be less lame than this one. We're having a real good time today.
0: We are highlighting some fantastic young people and our first person is going to keep telling us about her zine. What was the process like for getting
1: issue one because I'm not going to lie, Sean, because I have no idea how you make a zine.
0: I didn't even know what a zine
1: was. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> we contacted Katia, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, so getting issue one off the ground was like a crazy, chaotic, um, disorganised process, if I'm honest, because we were doing it for the first time, obviously, and had no formula. It really started with getting like a social media interest um, and finding an audience because, like I said before, we were literally starting from nothing, Um we're not really public profiles or anything. Um, so, yeah.
1: How long did it actually take you to... Like, what was... When, when did you first start to when it was published?
2: We started from when we had the idea, which was, like, the start of August 2016, so last year. And we started pretty much straight away having discussions and planning and everything. Had plenty of meetings. Still do all the time. Um, and we launched issue one in... At the end of February of this year. So... Yeah, like a good six months or so it
0: took. Um, So what did you, you know, so you had the conversation, you got your theme going. After that, you started plugging on social media. Then how did did all the editing and how did all that come together to form your book? And how many pages, you know, like what is that?
1: Uh, (laughs) And did you have like a really good, actually answer those questions first.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't overwhelm me, Jules. Yeah. Yeah, so the first issue was about 60 pages. Um we had I think 27 contributors so we had people reaching out to us and sending us um, submissions and we also were like poaching people on social media, (laughs) artists and writers that we admired. The majority of people came from our own contacts because um, like I said before I think Sam, Georgia and I are all university students um, like all really lucky to be interacting with um, lots of creatives so fortunately we got we basically just started the first scene with word of mouth and that's like like a really good piece of advice I think that I would give anybody looking to start a creative project is to just talk to people about it.
1: So did you have a lot of people um, contact you the first one? Like how many, did you have a, more contributors for the second issue than the first issue? Or
2: Yeah, we've had a, I think, 29.7% growth. In, in <laughs> I'm liking the specific stats yeah. you've got yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> Georgia calculated that. Over. Yeah, <laughs> she's a businesswoman. Um, it's great. Um, yeah, so... In this issue, we have thirty-eight contributors, so there's been a big growth. Um, it's getting well, bigger
0: and bigger. Yeah, well, that's good. It's
2: also going to be about twenty pages longer, so jam-packed with more fun, more scary confrontation. Has <laughs> the
0: process? So you did the first one. Has the second one gone smoother? Has it? Uh,
2: Definitely. Yeah. Um, we've done it in a shorter amount of time, which I think was like a bit of bit of fire under our behinds to get it going. Um, we had to coordinate it as well between our three uni and work life schedules during semester because we're all students and working, as well as trying to coordinate all our contributors. So it was like this massive organisational effort. Could not do it if we weren't super organised and really had to make sure we didn't procrastinate. Um, That is a
0: lot of work. You know, you've got four (laughs) uni subjects, work, and then in your spare time, putting together a magazine. You can can can
1: can count it as a hobby because this is like a complete... Complete project. Yeah,
2: no, definitely something you couldn't do if you weren't absolutely obsessed with it and like
1: dedicated. That's pretty awesome.
0: What are the costs that uh, come with running a? That's always the big question. (laughs) That is the big question. The harsh realities. Yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly. Um, Well, like they say, you got to spend money to make money. Um, That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, so we spent, and I won't drop numbers. But, Don't um, want to scare
1: people off from the game. No,
2: but I will say, lucky there's three of us to cushion the blow of zine expenses. <laughs> That's why um, you've got to
1: keep working while you're making the zine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah, we funded the printing of the first issue ourselves. Um, fortunately enough, we broke even on the night of our launch party. Um, in so February. launch parties are important for you guys. Yeah, launch party is a massive selling point. Um, other expenses include, like, at this point unfortunately like free creative labor sucks as anyone who works is trying to break into creative industries knows we work in a volunteer based like um submission model model if that makes sense exactly yeah um so uh, we don't have that expense we are looking at um with like the profit that we generate now at least um paying people like our cover artists or our main contributors um yeah, so that's going. That's an upcoming expense for us. We've also got things like, you know, weird expenses that you don't think of, like paying the tech people for our launch event. Um, and did you
1: find it difficult to distribute them? Like, apart from the launch party, like, what was the... Or how did you go about distributing the, mag- the magazines?
2: Well, we have an online store, which is the one that we try to sell through the most, the one that we promote the most I guess, because I think that's the easiest thing for it to go straight from us to the readers. Try like, out the middleman. Yeah, eliminate middlemen, that's um to make it less complicated. We do have some stockists. We stock at Sticky Institute. Um in the Flinders Street subway, which is really exciting because that's definitely, like, a hub of... It's pretty like, funky yeah, place. Yeah, an icon of zine culture in Melbourne, so that's really exciting.
1: Zine culture? Is that, like, so there's, like, a full culture...
2: Yeah, the zine scene, mate! Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've visited
1: really, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love that,
2: Jules. <laughs> yeah.
1: What are some
0: of your favourite zines... You know, Melbourne-based zines. What kind would you recommend
1: for our listeners to read if they want to get into the zine zine? Besides yours. Besides yeah. ours, um, <laughs>
2: Discord is the best. Chuck out the rest. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You heard it here um, first, guys. Discord
1: is the best <laughs> zine in Melbourne. Spitting fire.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. Um,
1: Starting some zine beef.
2: Well, uh, no. <laughs> we support our friends. Um, I've read some really good ones that I've bought from the Sticky Institute. One of my favourites was... Um, I'm going to substitute the sweary word here, um, bad people at gigs, um, oh. which was really awesome. It's just this zine, really well-made zine. I can't remember the artist. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but you could ask about it at Sticky Institute. That and sounds real cool. Yeah. It's literally just um, every page is an illustration of a different like kind of terrible person at gigs. <laughs> so like the person who scabs off their friends all the time, the people who get really aggressive in the mosh pit, um, you know, the... Inanimate objects that get in the way of your line of sight. <laughs> Those um, damn
1: inanimate objects, they're my worst, least favourite people at gigs. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so, what kind of tips would you have for individuals who are interested in either contributing to yours or your zine or starting up their own zine?
2: Um, I've actually thought a lot about this because it's like being on the editorial side has definitely made me think a lot more about how I work as a writer and artist, submitting to other publications. For writers, I would definitely say work with your editor. Their job is to like absolutely scour the writing you present to them, and you know it's often said that the editor is the unacknowledged second writer. Um, but they're really going to be invested in giving you constructive feedback. Um, and the people, and they're the people publishing your work, so you've really like you really don't have any choice if you want to do well to listen to their feedback. But I think the most rewarding process, speaking from having been both a writer and an editor, is when the writer can really trust the editor's feedback. And then from the editorial perspective, when the writer brings you a really um, like creative version of what you've, the the constructive feedback you've tried to give them and really like takes it on board and and really runs with it and gives you something amazing. Um, And also know the publication that you're writing for. Like we've received great work before that we haven't published um, just because it's not on theme or it's not really discord if that makes sense um yeah yeah yeah, so just you know to get yourself out there you really have to know the publication you're writing for um and what about starting a zine from scratch starting a zine from scratch um (laughs) be prepared to jump through hoops there are a lot more people that you're going to have to please than you initially think from the people um Running your launch party if you do that, which I really recommend because it's an awesome way to get the word out there. Um, you know, having a public event is a really great way to have strangers who haven't heard of your publication coming through. Um, I would say being prompt and professional with communication, especially when you're working on the volunteer based model. It's really important for people to feel like they're being valued when they're not being paid. Um, make sure your social media um, presence reflects your product. Um, read publications that are in the same vein as yours and really scrutinise what works and what doesn't. And also I would say, and this is something we always return to, is to always be asking yourself, what's my point of difference? You know, why would people want to read Discord zine or your zine um, instead of the other thousands in Melbourne?
1: Yeah, what makes you unique? Yeah, exactly. Front and centre. Now we're getting to my favourite part of the show. Introduce it, Common
0: Jewels. We've been waiting for this for so long.
1: Now we are on the, the quick fire round. That was a pre recorded audio <laughs> clip that I totally didn't make up just then.
0: Some fantastic sound effects right here on so Sin. We're just gonna Nation. have a little bit of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, they real guns. We're probably gonna get in trouble for shooting holes in the roof. <laughs> this is just gonna be a little bit of fun. Let's um, lighten up. Getting to know here a bit more on a weird level that you wouldn't know. Guess that you've known for approximately an hour. Um, so we're just gonna ask you some random questions, and we uh, hopefully be able to answer them. And yeah, have, hopefully have a bit of a laugh. All right, let's get into Question it. Question one: Katya, <laughs> what,
0: <laughs> what historical figure would you have dinner with, and, and why? why?
2: Um, well, I feel like historical figure kind of implies their death, like that they're dead. Um, but I'm going to say someone who's still alive and kicking.
1: Controversial. Yeah. Well, no, you, at
2: least
0: you can, you know, still
2: go out to dinner You don't have to go through some weird like voodoo a, magic to yeah, get her back no, to no life. <laughs> dream. Um, yeah. This is. I'm, I'm going to say Bell Hooks. She is. One Maybe of my Bell Hooks favorite. is listening, and you're going to have dinner with her. Yeah. Oh, I doubt it. Shout out <laughs> to Bell Hooks. <laughs> um, yeah. No, she's awesome. Excellent feminist academic. Still working. Um, oh, love all her work. Absolutely recommend her a thousand times over.
1: Awesome. Why would you have dinner with her?
2: Because she's awesome, Jules. <laughs> okay, that's
1: fair. That's fair enough. What more reason do you need? Uh, next question. Next question. Katya, you've told you were telling us before the show that you're quite well-travelled. What is the best place you've ever travelled to, and why?
2: Um. Oh, this is a tricky question. Tricky question. Um. I'm going to say Rome. Is Roma. One of my one of my favourite cities, just because you know it's so chaotic. It's so poorly organised. <laughs> like um, any classic Italian city. Yeah, exactly. Any good Italian city is just terribly organised. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, there's just no other city like it. Sean and I actually spent some time together in Rome last year. What a trip it was. It helps with the beautiful memories. Rome
1: is a beautiful city. You know it what? Is.
0: We did a lot in Rome. We ate a hell of a lot of ice cream. Yeah, oh, Cartier. Bit of gelato. <laughs> yeah. What a segue to question three. This is the classic sin question. This is... A great question. If you were an ice cream flavour, what flavour would, would you, you be?
2: Um, there's just no doubt about it that I'm going to have to say Fior di Latte, my oh, yeah. fave. Explain. <laughs> it's my favourite ice cream flavour. You can almost always only find it in Italy. Um,
0: Explain. it. What What is it for, you know, the non-Italians? For the non-Italians,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, it means literally like flour of milk. It's literally just plain ice cream, no flavouring. Just lovely, fresh, milky goodness. Oh, beautiful. My mouth is watering at the thought of it. (laughs) Do you ever
0: make it at home? Do you ever go to the supermarket and buy a carton of milk and...
2: Cracker, <laughs> <over. laughs> open it cold
1: on.
0: And make some <laughs> pure de Latte.
1: What oh, an absolute circle around back to that one. <laughs> Turns out the milk analogy was actually quite good. If you
0: weren't listening before, you can uh, catch the podcast and that will all make so much
1: more sense. And you will no doubt laugh as hard as we just did. <laughs> all
0: right, pick one more song, Jules. One more song, one, Wait, more, one more question. question. One My, more might
1: question. have time for another one, but we'll see how we go. All right, Katia, here's a nice little one. Mm. What world issue would you solve first... If you could,
2: I would say um, climate change and environmental damage.
1: You do that. Yeah. Ah, Go and, and that relates to the India tree yeah. planting. Were you over there planting uh, all about some the trees? references, boys? I'm uh, loving these unintentional references <laughs> back to the earlier show. This is great. It's just it's like, a, it's like It's like a me- memento with yeah. Guy Pearce in here. <laughs> <you. laughs> all, all right. So,
0: what have so we finished those uh, quick fire questions? What mm. have you on Discord? Fun. Let's look to the future. What. Have you got planned for the rest of the year?
2: Um, the most immediate thing coming up is obviously the launch party for Issue 2 and the release of Issue 2, which we're really looking forward to. It's been a long time coming. It's going to be at the Evelyn Hotel on July 27. It's a Thursday night. Everybody, come down. Free entry. Um, not a free zine, but <laughs> you can buy that there. You can buy our stickers. You can listen to some awesome live music and a DJ. Um, Again, Hannah
1: Kate, that song you just heard there will be playing live as well.
2: Exactly. And you can come hang out with Sam and Georgia and I. Um, we're just three dorks, really. So, Sean <laughs> and
1: myself will be there, too, so you can come meet your favourite new radio presenter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and then we've got issue three coming. So, yeah, stay tuned on the socials for how to get around that one.
1: Well, thank you so
0: much for joining us today, being our first inspirational young guest oh, on
1: Front and Centre.
0: We've come to the end of our show, unfortunately. So, so many mixed emotions right now. I'm so happy our first show is... Is wrapped up.
1: I think it's gone quite well. I'm but, very happy with how today's gone, Sean. But now
0: we have to wait a whole week. Everyone has to wait a whole week but for another front and centre. There will be a podcast. There will definitely be a podcast. Stay tuned the for that podcast. on our socials, our Twitter, at Front Center that is S-Y-N.
1: And our Facebook page, Front and Centre, that and is that weird and symbol.
0: The weird and symbol. Just unknown and yeah. symbol. Yeah, <laughs> like there's, a, there's a word for
1: it that I remember every now and then and then I always forget, so...
0: Just a reminder, all season, the next 12 weeks, we are going to interview and inspire so many people. We are going to put young people
1: front and centre. We're going to put them on the map. We're going to be having awesome news that's going to blow your minds. Every direction around the place. You have to clean your brains off the wall because of how awesome the news is going to be as well. You know
0: what else we're going to have?
1: What else we're going to have, we're Sean? We're going to
0: have some absolutely quality sound effects.
1: Oh yeah, some more. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we're going to we're going to try to get that onto a sweeper.
0: We're going to have to fix that because yeah, that's not your best effort.
1: Sorry, oh, really. Charles. Yeah, sorry, I'm a bit sick, so I couldn't get this, <laughs> the bombs going. That's all right. Maybe next time.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in today.
1: It's been a very good, very good day. So, next week, we're going to be reporting on more awesome news, and we're going to have a very interesting young individual in the studio. We won't give it away now.
0: We will build the suspense, keep up to date on our socials. We might drop a few names if you're lucky.
1: Drop a few hints, get the suspense going. Um, I'm Sean. I am Jules. Once again, let us know if you know someone or you yourself have something special that you want to share with us on our social media pages. And we'll see you next week.
0: If you know an amazing young person who deserves to be in the spotlight, chuck us a message on Facebook by searching Front and Centre. Thanks for tuning into Front and Centre with Sean and Joolza on our weekly podcast.
1: What another great show.
0: That was super fun. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 7pm on Sin Nation or on our podcast a few days later.
1: We will be interviewing more incredible young people and exploring more awesome unheard of news. So Sean, I'm pretty excited. We'll see you then.